from the offices of Cocktail Collective, this is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. Today we are joined by Claire Warner, the Managing Director of Acorn Aperitifs, the sister brand to Seedlip, to discuss non-alcoholic spirits, their new range, and in particular, their bitter expression. Thanks for joining us, Claire. Thanks for having me. I believe that Acorn had its official launch in the UK last week. Tell us a little bit more about Acorn. So yes, we launched last week and it's been a project around sort of 18 months of development and we have created the world's first range of premium non-alcoholic aperitifs. And how did that come about? Uh, so I joined uh, January last year um, and Ben had had this in his mind probably for about six months uh, previous, but essentially we wanted to create something that would, a range of products that would complement Seedlip and work hard to make cocktails, non-alcoholic cocktails, easy to make at the bar and at home. Uh, and we were very inspired by the European aperitif tradition, as well as 17th century British herbal remedies, and in particular, a recipe for a British acorn wine that we found uh, from a, in a 17th century manuscript, which very much read like a vermouth or aromatized wine, uh, but for the inclusion of acorns, which we found to be a really interesting British bitter ingredient. I was about to say, how did the acorns taste? Because you wouldn't think that acorns would be an ingredient of an aperitif. No, exactly. And actually, I wouldn't encourage people to rush out and start tasting acorns because uh, they're not actually very delicious, but they are very bitter, very astringent and very tannic. And those uh, components really make for a brilliant bittering ingredient when um, when we remove alcohol. So uh, we wanted to sort of really focus on one British ingredient to leverage our British provenance. So you have actually included a little bit of acorn within the mix, shall we say? Exactly, yeah. We, we recreated the recipe that we found in a 17th century manuscript and one of the most interesting uh, ingredients was the acorns. And when you consider that most bittering ingredients come from outside of the UK, from either Europe or South America, here was an ingredient that we could actually you know, be very proud of, its British provenance. And actually it was an ingredient used in bitter herbal remedies in the 17th century and something that we could sort of resurrect and focus on. Um, and it's one component of, of many uh, across the range. Now, you were saying earlier that um, you mentioned Seedlip and that, that Acorn would accompany it, so to speak. Mm -hmm. What does Acorn provide that Seedlip doesn't? If you consider that Seedlip's the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit, and that our portfolio is a range of non-alcoholic non aperitifs, the two combined would very much behave like a spirit and modifier. So we, our range really provides 
a very different flavor profile. We have three products. One is dry, one is aromatic, and one is bitter. And they're designed to complement the flavor profile of Seedlip as well as uh, be served alone in a spritz or in a, in a sort of co- a non-alcoholic cocktail. So it was really to create a range of products that could, be, could work with Seedlip to create non-alcoholic cocktails. Can you explain the difference between the three expressions? Absolutely. So uh, we have three. So the first is dry and dry for a number of reasons. So dry because of the ingredients that we use and also dry because we don't add any uh, sugar, any additional sugar. So we start out with black tea, a Chinese black tea and quassia. So they're very dry, very tannic ingredients that bring structure and complexity. And then we add floral ingredients uh, to those. We use chamomile, clary sage and nettle. So they bring a really green, fresh and herbaceous quality. And then we also use English oak again for tannin and structure and the, the addition of acorn, obviously. Then on the other side of the spectrum, we have aromatic. And this is, again, containing no added sugar, but really uh, aromatic and sweeter style ingredients. So vanilla, cola nut, clove and cassia, which is Chinese cinnamon. So very sort of sweet, warming, nostalgic ingredients, uh, very familiar when you smell it. And then we've made that much more sort of complex uh, and multifaceted with the addition of smoked cherry wood and American oak, which reinforces the vanilla quality. And then finally, we have bitter which is uh, red in color and bitter, so uh, unapologetically bitter in that regard. We use quassia wood, and then, which is a very bitter, bittering ingredient uh, containing quassian, which is uh, beautifully clean and a really well-balanced bitterness. We add orange peel, grapefruit peel, bay leaf, sancho pepper, which is a citrus pepper, and again, using English oak. Uh, So a real range, a real varied portfolio of products um, and something hopefully for everybody. Now, how did you decide on the particular botanicals that went into each of these? Great question. We were really, I mean, we tasted hundreds and hundreds of recipes and we were very much inspired by uh, the European aperitif tradition. So we wanted to give a nod to French vermouth, uh, Italian amari. Uh, and so looking to um, those styles of products, but reimagining them in our own way. So the introduction of Sancho pepper, for instance, is a great way of reinforcing citrus while not adding more citrus. And so we just wanted to reference European aperitifs, but introduce ingredients that were used in an unexpected way. Also, we we needed to sort of very much consider that we're not working with alcohol. So using ingredients to bring structure, complexity, depth, length, body, um, all of those considerations were made when we were choosing those ingredients. Now, you talk about the European imperative tradition. How well are countries like the US or like Australia that don't have that tradition How well are they going to understand what ACORN is all about? I think we all understand that moment uh, where the the day finishes and the evening begins and that moment, sort of that that twilight zone, that that aperitif moment where we might want to have a drink before dinner, uh, you know, wetting the palate, palate, as it were. And while... um, we might not necessarily have the similar tradition as they do in Europe. We're very much familiar with the, the notion of having a drink before dinner. And that's where aperitifs 
come into their own. And that's really what we wanted to create, something that would enable our consumers at home or people or customers out in bars to have a spritz or a cocktail before dinner that doesn't necessarily contain alcohol. Um, so the European aperitif tradition is very much a European thing, but we're all very much aware of that lovely uh, time of day when it's, you know, the interaction between day and night and when we have something before dinner, before we eat. So it is really more about friendship and hanging out more than obviously drinking. Absolutely. It's about the occasion. It's about conviviality. It's about that moment of signing off the day and then beginning the evening. And I think what's beautiful about an aperitif is that it's a transitional drink. It is, it draws a line under your day and sets you up for the evening to come. Um, and it also, an aperitif should, at its very core, prepare you for food. And, um, you know, preparing you for food, preparing you to enjoy the evening with your friends, um, you know, putting the day to bed and, and, you know, setting you up for a great evening ahead. So it's about sharing conviviality and that sort of transi transitional moment, which is actually why we have butterflies and moths on our label because they are sort of symbolic of uh, when the day ends and the night begins and that moment when the butterflies go to sleep and the moths emerge there's something quite transformational about um, that moment of the day. Oh that's a lovely idea actually. Now let's talk more about the bitter specifically. How would you describe the taste? It's red and it's and it's bitter so automatically you know there's some signaling there in terms of what to expect. We, we really were inspired by the beautiful Amari that you find in Italy. So those bitter, um, bitter citrus uh, liqueurs. And we wanted to create something that referenced that, um, but in a very sort of unique way. And so using the Crassia wood, which is a very clean, well-balanced bitterness, and then using lots and lots of citrus. So in our minds, this is a complex, bitter citrus. So the orange peel, the grapefruit peel, um, and then that Sancho pepper ingredient, which enables us to lift the citrus ingredients and bring greater complexity, greater depth without the citrus becoming too confected. We also use a touch of bay leaf, which uh, for me works beautifully with citrus and almost adds a sort of earthy element to it. So again, stopping the citrus becoming too confected, too juicy. Um, there's lots and lots of complexity here and it is the most complex of all three and uh, also the most sort of intense and for that reason we do recommend that it's served slightly diluted over ice or splash of sparkling water. Is there anything within existing imperatives that is similar in, in taste? I... I haven't tasted them all and there are hundreds but from what I have tasted I would say that uh, acorn bitter is its own thing and it is very distinctive and I think that has there's a number of reasons um, firstly uh, the whole range is based on English sparkling wine verjus so that base for us brings a real sort of distinctive characteristic and then we are layering our ingredients onto verjus and that has not been done before that's something that we have not seen previously and so there's there's very much a sort of unique take on uh, Italian Amaro but we've done it in our own unique way using English sparkling wine for and then all this sort of abundance of ingredients.
if people are experimenting with it at home, what sort of flavours or other ingredients can they add to it to make a really good drink? Look, we want to keep it super simple. So the best way to enjoy acorn at home is in a spritz. So lots of ice in a wine glass and then topped up with either sparkling water or if you prefer something a little bit sweeter, then we recommend tonic. So keeping it really, really simple. And as I said, you know, combining the the acorns work also. So you can combine uh, bitter and aromatic with a splash of soda to create a, a non-alcoholic version of the Americano. So there's lots of versatility in the range. But if you want to keep it very simple, then just add some sparkling water or tonic. I know that Seedlip came out with a book with various recipes um, shortly after the Seedlip range was released. Is that something you guys are thinking of with Acorn? If there's an opportunity, then absolutely we would we'd explore that. It's not something that we're currently speaking about. We, we've only launched the last two weeks, but absolutely, because our ambition is really to make great non-alcoholic drinks easy and simple for people wherever they might be, whether that's in a bar or at home. And the wonderful thing that the Seed Lip Cocktail Book has done is really inspire bartenders all over the world to get creative with non-alcoholic. And therefore, that knock-on effect is that people who are now going into bars ordering non-alcoholic cocktails are given something that's adult and sophisticated and um, you know not a fruity juvenile mocktail. So if we can help drive that message through books or education or however that might be, then that's ultimately what we want to do. So in a way, you're seeing Acorn, presumably with Seedlip, um, really making quite a cultural change. We hope so. Uh, you know, we say that, you know, Acorn is there to help create more options, more choice. Uh, it's there as a range of products to mix with Seedlip to, again, create more uh, choice more 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 cocktails for bartenders or, or more options for people to have at home and ultimately what we really hope to see is that there is a, a a real blurring of the boundaries between drinking and not drinking and that can only happen if we have more choice and more and more great options and i think what we would like to ultimately see is in the same way that veganism or vegetarianism has become mainstream, that not drinking is is not something we talk about anymore because there's so many wonderful, complex options available to us. Um, and, it's, and it's seen as a, a lifestyle choice as opposed to something that's unusual. Now, if people are getting into the non-alcoholic for the first time, you, you could ask which would they choose, Seedlip or Acorn? But as you've been talking about the fact that they really do almost go hand in hand or can go hand in hand, how would you recommend they perhaps approach it? And that's a great question. And I think ultimately um, it's about the occasion. It's about what you want these products to do for you. Uh, Seedlit being the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit behaves like a spirit. So if you're looking for uh, yes, a cocktail option or sort of spirit mixer option, then that's a great introduction into the world of non-alcoholic. And let's not forget that you know Seedlip has pioneered the non-alcoholic category. So for a lot of people, that has been their first sort of introduction into non-alcoholic. And I think if you're looking to enjoy an aperitif, uh, but you don't want to have the alcohol, then Acorn is absolutely your go-to product. But we would ultimately hope that the people who are looking to get into non-alcoholic, that they come to 
our brands because they do offer this beautiful array of options. You know, Seedlip is not just a standalone brand. There's three products in that range, Spice, Garden and Grove. So it's something really for everyone there. And our portfolio with the three also working to complement Seedlip. So something for everybody, we hope, but ultimately many, many options for people to get excited about non-alcoholic drinks. Should they be looking at them as and comparing them to the alcohol versions of things or should they be looking at both Seedlip and the Acorn as their own individual entities? Thanks. The category of non-alcoholic is new and it is only a few years old and has been driven by the introduction of Seedlip which is a non-alcoholic distilled spirit. So there's a reference point for people to to understand how to use Seedlip. You would use it as you would an alcoholic spirit. It works, it behaves in a very similar way. And for Acorn, we are approaching, uh, you know, we're approaching non-alcoholic from the perspective of an aperitif, a range of aperitifs. So they behave in a similar way to vermouth or amari, but they are not vermouth or amari because they do not contain alcohol and they do not contain a lot of the ingredients that you might classically find in the alcoholic counterpart. So for us, it's really important that we signpost the consumer or, or the bartender. So we ask them to uh, understand that we that these things are standalone, that they are their own unique thing, that they shouldn't come to enjoying Seedlip or Acorn expecting to taste the exact version of its alcoholic counterpart because they won't be, they'll ultimately be disappointed because they are not, they are not those things. They are absolutely distinctive and they have been created uh, because they've been inspired by spirits or ranges of aperitifs. But because we are not working with alcohol, we've worked really, really hard with ingredients and uh, production methods to create something that's unique and distinctive. So what we, how we signpost is through the occasion, through uh, talking about the spirits, talking about glassware, talking about how you might enjoy acorn and hopefully educating the, the consumer that these are their own distinct things. And, and that's what makes them so special because they are non-alcoholic and they're complex and multifaceted and they've taken inspiration from other alcoholic counterparts, but they are ultimately unique and distinctive. All right, well, if I was going to buy a bottle of the bitter, perhaps mix it with a Seedlip product, which Seedlip product would that one particularly go well with and what else would I add? So the best thing to mix with uh, bitter would be Seedlip Spice and also Acorn Aromatic to create the no-grony. So that's a simple three-part recipe, so equal parts, Seedlip Spice, Acorn Aromatic and Acorn Bitter. And that's served over a rocks glass with either a grapefruit twist or an orange twist. Now, I believe before the launch that Acorn was in one of London's top bars. What was the reaction? So Acorn was available in Lioness and the American bar at the Savoy before we launched. Both both bars have been very, very supportive of um, the non-alcoholic movement. And the response has been phenomenal because both of these bars have featured uh, non-alcoholic cocktails front and center in their menus. Uh, and they're not you know, sort of tucked away in the back of the cocktail book. 
the cocktail recipe book um, hidden away in the menu. So we've had a really fantastic response. And also the bartenders themselves are really, really excited uh, in terms of using Acorn because they can see how much it opens up a new world of possibilities in terms of making non-alcoholic cocktails complex and, and interesting and really do compete with their alcoholic cocktail com uh, counterparts. Now, obviously, Acorn is available in the UK. Is it going to be rolled out over the next few months in other locations like the US and Australia? Yeah, so we're two weeks old. Um, and so a lot of what we will be focusing on in the next few months will be the UK and Ireland. Uh, and we really want to understand how the brand is being adopted by customers and bartenders so a lot of the next few months will be about you know just seeing how the brand is behaving and then absolutely in due course we will be rolling out to other international markets thank you so much claire for joining us today thanks Tiff. and we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of cocktails distilled be sure to visit cocktailcollective.com.au to access the show notes and if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, cheers.